You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. All right, this is Locked On Hornets Live. I'm going to take down the banner, take down the OBS streaming software, and now all we see is Michael Jordan's number 23. We see David Walker here over to your right. You see Walker Mail also over to your right. Don't don't get confused. One's David Walker, one is Walker Mail. And then you don't see me yet because I haven't turned on my camera here. There we go. We'll start the video. I got a little light here, a little dark. It go. is dark over there. Well, it's it's because I'm backlit. Everyone's learning about lighting right now because everyone's using Zoom to work, you know, or to go to school mm-hmm. or to really just do anything in life. So everybody's learning not to have lights behind you, but I really I have no choice. I've got these giant windows behind me anyway. You're watching Locked On Hornets right now. That's not the point. No, tell us more. You don't have any more. That was the well. Listen, I, oh, I can okay, do a right. whole lighting uh, and audio and video tutorial right now if that's what you want. But I very think, inside baseball. Very inside baseball right now. But I think what people want is inside basketball specifically. Okay. They want to rewatch uh, the Charlotte Hornets take on the Jordan-led Chicago Bulls in 1998. This is Game Two taking place in the United Center, Charlotte Hornets versus the Chicago Bulls. We will be watching the very end of the first half because we have two pretty incredible shots to end the first half of this game. And then we will watch the second half as well. But before we do that, gentlemen, let's start with David. How are you? Deep breath. I'm good. (laughs) I've uh, just come from the backyard where I've blown up multiple inflatables and filled them with water and air. And uh, it's spring break. It's spring break, guys. I don't know if you knew that. Spring break over here. So we're trying to celebrate appropriately. Well, your day, your days away from watching this Jordan documentary, which I know you Mm. are very, you are very looking forward to. It's why I started us here on this still image of his airness, the now owner of the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, oh, that's right. Yep, yep, you're correct. Yeah, I can't wait for this thing. Uh, everything I've heard about it, including, um, uh, you know, your fearless leader, David Locke, they they discussed it this week and said that there's, you know, stuff that you could learn even if you feel like you've consumed every bit of Jordan Bulls content that's already been out there. So I'm very excited to see some of this. Of course, the behind-the-scenes stuff, but just some of the candid takes on basically, like, everything that is out there for uh, Jordan and the Bulls and that era of things. So I'm, I'm super pumped. Yeah, we've always gotten the the footage on how great of a basketball player he is, how hard of a worker he is. We've only heard the stories about the kind of dude that he was and to get footage of the kind of dude that he was. I think that's going to be the most interesting part about all of this because we know what happens. We know how crazy he was. I still could watch Michael Jordan high believe uh, Walker was going for the word highlights there before his internet started to tap out, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I could see Michael Jordan get high. Is that where I stopped? <laughs> that is I exactly that. <laughs> where he stopped. That's perfect. I could see that too. I think we did see that with a bottle of Henny in his hand in New York streets, uh, in the New York streets. I think we saw him at least drunk, if not high. But I would like to watch highlights of Michael all day long. I'm also excited to see the kind of dude that he was back when they were winning championships. Okay, well, we're going to get a chance to watch him play the Charlotte Hornets in uh, this rewatch here in just a few moments. But I want to start by giving everyone a little context as to uh, what the Charlotte Hornets were like back in 1998. And I'll say this, 
it, it, while not my favorite Charlotte Hornets team of all time, this is the team maybe a year before this team when I really started to watch the Charlotte Hornets hot and heavy. Uh, I've said this uh, on many podcasts that I liked the Hornets before I liked sports. Like I was introduced to sports by the Charlotte Hornets and specifically in, in around the 97 mark, the, po- the post-Zoe LJ era, that's when I got on board uh, the Charlotte Hornets. So I have an affinity to this Glenn Rice, Anthony Mason-led squad here uh, that had uh, a lot of regular season success, not so much playoff success, um, but they finished this season, 1997-98, 51 and 31. They were coached by Dave Cowens and uh, they were 10th in the league in points per game. They were 14th in the league in opponents points per game. They were 20th in the league in pace. So this was not a team that got up and down. This is a team that shot the three ball well, mainly because uh, Glenn Rice uh, was just red hot in his three seasons in Charlotte. So they were a top 10 offensive team and uh, an above average defensive team as well. They were second in the league in attendance. We know all about that. The Charlotte Coliseum was rocking during this time. But really, this was probably the start of the descent of Charlotte um, attendance. It was second in the league. It was first in the league for a long time. And you could start to see the cracks here around 1997 when they didn't lead the league in attendance. Uh, Again, Anthony Mason and Glenn Rice, your best players. They also had David Wesley getting a lot of minutes. Uh, Shooting guard Bobby Fills will be your starter for this game. Of course, RIP Bobby. Uh, He tragically uh, died in a car accident, and his jersey, the only jersey, uh, in the rafters right now for the Charlotte Hornets. The center position is helmed by Vladi Divac. He uh, came over in a trade. Starting lineup. In the trade. The Kobe trade. Ugh. But that was uh, yeah. that's that's how Vladi uh, gets to Charlotte, and then on your bench you've got Matt Geiger, Del Curry, Vernon Maxwell, and J.R. Reed. Ooh, Matt that, Max, that's a weird one. Yeah, that that's a weird one. Who I believe still lives in Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken. I still think, I think that, you're right. I think he is still in the Charlotte area. Yeah. Real real quickly before we tip off here, uh, one I would like to point out that I know you guys watch a. Uh, watched a Hornets game two victory last week. I believe the Hornets are undefeated against Michael Jordan in game twos in the postseason. We can proudly, uh, we can proudly <laughs> go with that fact. Um, another one is you mentioned Bobby Phils, and it reminds me of the quote that Michael Jordan had about how Phil Bobby Phils was one of the toughest defenders that he battled. And that wasn't in any kind of posthumous way when, when he was done. Right. I mean, it was him acknowledging Bobby Phil's alive. Yes, this is somebody that it's really tough. Uh, it was really tough to score against him. And and that's something that I'm going to be interested in watching here. Bobby Phil's battling Michael Jordan defensively. So that that's something just even not right, just watching who has the basketball and stuff. I, I want to watch how Bobby Phil's defends Michael because he praised him so much. Well, and you're going to see a jacked Bobby Phil's. I watched game three in this series this week. Phil's is huge, and he's got the lower body strength. He's got the guns, but it, particularly the legs he uses to really dig down and body up MJ, at least in that game three, and give him a little bit of problems. I think we'll see some of that in this game. But, I mean, I've forgotten how just diesel he was, and you're going to see how he defends him using that body in this game, I think. One player that you will not see is Muggsy Bogues because uh, he was traded at the very beginning of this season, he played mm. two games for the Charlotte Hornets, and then Bogues and wow. Delk, Tony Delk, were traded to the Golden State Warriors in exchange for B.J. Armstrong, 
who the Hornets faced off against in the last rewatch that we did, David, in 1995 when Zoe, LJ, and Bogues beat uh, the Bulls uh, in Charlotte in Game 2. They were facing off against B.J. Armstrong, and in this series they, they have his services off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. B.J. Armstrong, big-time key factor in the first run of Bulls championships, but uh, went on to be a bit of a journeyman and ended up in Charlotte. A lot of just similar themes. I mean, you have Vladi on this team. Of course, Vladi and the Lakers faced off against MJ the first time around as well. Um, if you get a chance, you'll see some of those highlights maybe in this upcoming documentary, but Vladi was really good. I mean, Vladi, Vladi was really skilled, uh, especially for a big man back then. So he's, he had some of that left when he was in Charlotte. So Del Curry, the only remaining uh, Charlotte Hornet from the original team left on, after Muggsy Bogues was traded. Uh, Del Curry was the only remaining uh, player left from that original team. So this, I think this season and this playoff uh, series really represented the transition away from the first era of Charlotte Hornets basketball fully into its second-ish, third-ish era. Uh, so let's go ahead and hit play. We're gonna, I'm going to count you off. We're at 33-33 on the video if you are watching at home and would like to sync up with us or listening on, your, uh, on the podcast feed and want to sync up with, with us. I'll put the link in the show notes, and then you will hit play at 33-33. You should see Jordan... Uh, with his back turned to the camera. And again, I want to watch the end, very end of this first half because <laughs> there are two incredible shots, one by the Hornets and one by the Bulls, uh, to end this first half. So, gentlemen, are you ready? Yes, I'm yes. ready. Let's go. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. They are both in the top ten. And we are off, and this is the TNT broadcast. You can see Anthony Mason bring the ball up, point forward. Really rare. Bird. Now, don't be alarmed, guys, but the Hornets had all shaved their heads. I, I don't know if it was. I think it was for the playoffs. It's a bit alarming to see uh, Del Curry with that bald head out there. I mean, Wesley now, look, and Mason. See, now, did you oh. see Mason almost lose his dribble? He, I mean, he didn't pass the ball at all. He just he just counted it down and then got a weird shot up and it went in. I mean, incredible by Mason. there. And we got MJ with about five seconds going. What do you coast think's to gonna coast. happen? What do you think's gonna happen? Oh my! What do you Lord. think's gonna happen? That is fade <laughs> away, just, just bouncing off the floor. <laughs> um, real quickly, first, first observation I have is Anthony Mason skinnier than I remember. I expected a wider Mason. Am I wrong about that? Well, he was a big guy. Uh, he was it, definitely it, a big dude. It could be yeah, the standard I, definition VCR quality that we're watching this in. That could have something <laughs> to do with it. I, I, Is this I, the I, Russian feed? I'm surprised. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was last week. Uh, okay. I was getting it from the Russians. Man, one of the matchups that I was excited to see in this series and watching it was Mason versus Rodman. I mean, how good is that? Just to look back on that era of basketball, those two guys battling. Uh, the, two the, guys you probably won on your all-back alley team. Oh, they're they're probably in your starting five. Uh, this game, too, the only game in this series that Divock actually won the rebounding battle to Rodman. He has 19 in this game. So right now you're seeing the length on the wings for the Bulls that was just suffocating for other defenses. Of course, you have Scotty and MJ, but you also had a still athletic Ron Harper out there around the point. I mean, those guys waving their arms in the passing lanes and getting out on steals is just something that a lot of teams could not deal with uh, for the most part, including the Hornets. Uh, this game notwithstanding, but I mean, that is just an incredible amount of length and athleticism. 
I don't know why I always think that Glenn Rice wore the number 40. I think it's because he had the record for so long for the Charlotte Hornets of 40-point games. And so I assume for some, it's, a, it's a very weird reason to think that that's somebody's jersey number, but he is indeed 41. Doug, this was the year, correct, that both Mason and Rice got second-team All-NBA, right? It was 97-98? I'll double-check that. Mm. But I think it was either this season or the season prior that I think made our bracket for the best. I want to say it was actually 96, 97, but uh, I'll I'll double check that. And those guys were that's top two guys that are noticed as the top. Whoa. Okay. Hold on. Yes, sir. (laughs) That is wow. As iconic a free throw motion as you'll ever see. What did I just miss? (laughs) I was looking up all NBA for 1996, 97. Mason at the free throw line. You know, one-handing a left-handed uh, free throw. Jordan for three short. Glenn Rice with the with the board. Glenn Rice was a why big dude. Why don't we talk about that more? That Anthony Mason shot like that? The, the it's forgotten. Handed, it's unbelievably forgotten. That made me stop dead in my tracks. I want to see somebody bring that back badly. By the way, I gave an RIP to Bobby Phils. Also, RIP Anthony Mason no longer with us. Yeah. Wesley, a short on a three. You know, uh, the Bulls had not lost a game up until this point in these playoffs, guys. They swept their first round opponent, I believe, is the Heat, maybe, or the Nets. Um, but this game, you know, MJ and everyone else always used to say you don't. You, the playoffs haven't really started until you lost a game. So this was uh, essentially the first game of the playoffs for the Bulls. So 96-97 was the year that Mason got third team All-NBA and Glenn Rice got second team All-NBA. I'm going to look up who got All-NBA for this season. Uh, that 96-97 team, uh, that was a great regular season team as well. Yeah. Uh, Another observation didn't didn't realize Glenn Rice had the bunnies to attempt those kind of alley oops. Don't yeah, that really from Glenn. So in this season, Glenn Rice had third team All NBA and no appearance for Anthony Mason. And as we said on our last episode, Glenn Rice still leads the Charlotte Hornets in career points per game at about at twenty three point five in his three seasons. You know, and they were super dependent on him, especially in this series. I mean, they needed him to go off basically every game uh, to win, and it was uh, it was tough sledding for other guys to kind of pick up the slack. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Glenn Rice and Anthony Mason both played close to forty minutes a game, not only in this uh, in this playoff series, but also in the regular season. I mean, they just played massive amounts of minutes. Uh, th- there was no Charlotte Hornets team without those two. You know, I say this all the time about Glenn Rice, but. Glenn Rice's numbers were just absolutely crazy. The shooting mm-hmm. numbers were insane. You know. By the way, the Hornets uh, won their first round series against the Atlanta Hawks in four games over yeah over the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they won ninety seven to eighty seven in game one, ninety two to eighty five in game two. They dropped game three and then uh, wrapped up things ninety one to eighty two in game four. So a low scoring first round series. This is late 90s Mason ball, so it's Rodman. Cool. Ooh, that's pretty, though. When it's going, it's really pretty for Glenn Rice. It's so pretty. 
Yeah, it, the forty-seven percent year that Glenn Rice, it, it was, it's ridiculous. And running Pippen off a Jordan screen, Jordan trying to get a little back down going, but eventually comes back out to the three-point line. Oh my goodness! <laughs> just, there it goes, Mason. Fly. I mean, he just he just decided to miss it there, but. Oh, oh baseball yes, pass. Sir. Okay, that's I remember some of that. That's nice. That's nice. Oh, Look at yes, Vladi with the shaved head. He he looks I, like he's I, in a I, Turkish prison, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to just go on record. The bald head as a unifying gesture for a team is is, is my least favorite move. I, I has it ever worked? Has there ever been a team full of baldies holding the trophy at the end of these things. Well, so later on the, the 2000, 2001 team would all wear headbands. And then Rick Bennell, uh, the beat writer for the Charlotte observer would go on to tell us that that was a Woolridge inspired, um, move there. One of the, one of the people in the array Woolridge. Yeah. In the really? front office would helm that move. So I wonder if there was some, management decision going on here to encourage them all to unify and shave their heads. I mean, if Cowens is not going to shave his head, there it is. Perfect shot of Jack Bobby Phils. He's a huge dude. I mean, this was a team with size beef. This was a beefy Hornets. Yeah. Mason Phils. I'm telling you, Glenn, I'm always surprised at at how big Glenn was. Cause I I just think that, you know, I think he has a, I mean, I know he's a small forward, but I just feel like he has a smaller reputation than the guy, I guess, because he was a shooter, you know? I mean, shooters have a, we just imagine them smaller than they are sometimes. Another thing about Glenn Rice, you know, after the crazy numbers he put up with the Hornets, man, they dropped really quickly. And that'll happen if you go play with Shaq and Kobe. But Mm -hmm. that was a big decline in production for him. Three-time All-Star, crazy numbers, and then... It was the Lakers, right? It was the Lakers next. And then just kind of, I'm not going to say an afterthought, but it, the, not nearly as depended on. And he was aging. And so you put those two things together and it's, it's a steep decline. Glenn Rice in this season, 22.3 points per game, four rebounds, two assists. His field goal percentage sat at 45.7 overall, but his three-point percentage, 43.3% on 3.7 attempts per game. And, and David, uh, you and I talked a few years ago when we were looking over all-star numbers how Glenn actually got better as a shooter after his first all-star appearance, and that doesn't happen typically because, you know, after the first all-star appearance, th- there's typically more usage in the second season and efficiency goes down, but Glenn actually increases shooting percentage in the second season after the all-star. All-star MVP, of course. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Glenn Rice was just up there in the terms of you know Hornets players obviously but with such a prolific score like I said they just leaned on him so much well and and even not even just after the first all-star appearance I was noticing that too the the amount of touches the amount of shots the more dependent the Hornets the more dependent they were Glenn Rice's efficiency it did go up oh my goodness by the way he's a top top 50 NBA player of all time as well he didn't know. Scotty Pippen. Pretty good. Scotty Pippen, yeah. Solid. <laughs> so, the, look, it's third quarter. You're, you, I mean, you're closing in on the fourth quarter here. You're down nine. Jordan's grabbing his shorts. You're in Chicago. I mean, I feel like if you're watching this game right now as a Hornets fan, you're thinking, well, good sweep. try. Yeah, you're thinking sweep. 
David Wesley, the second most attempts on the team this season. It's not Anthony Mason. Uh, David Wesley was getting up 10.7 a game, Anthony Mason 9.4. They were both scoring around 13 points per game. About 42 points, by the way. But did that say 42 points by the Bulls five minutes to go in the third? Oh, yeah, this was a low yeah. scoring affair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both teams were hovering around 35 at the half. Oh, there's the tongue. It's a high dribble, though. You know how I am about high dribbles. I guess he can get away with it. <laughs> no. no. You give him a lot of leeway. <laughs> now, this move by Pippen replay is just, you, uh, there's, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the incorrect shot, right hand on the left side, but so much prettier anyway. I mean... To me, guys, Pippen was one of those guys that everything just looked super easy. He made everything look almost effortless. Even on that spin move, you know, he just he just kind of appears at the rim. Like, he just stretches out and makes things look so simple. How about Luke Longley? Really... I think Luke Longley made things look easy. <laughs> at what? <laughs> what exactly did he make look easy? There's B.J. Armstrong into the game. I think. That's the thing about watching these old games. You have right. you, you, you kind of know who's out there, but you, you need a close up. Right. BJ Armstrong's number eleven. So okay. it is difficult. I think that's Dell out there, if I'm not mistaken. Are we, are well, who's running the point? No, there, yeah, there. Running the point is that is BJ Armstrong there, eleven okay. to your left. Looking for the but ball. Really, not but really, that it. guy's running point. Mason's running point right yeah, yeah. now. You're giving yeah. that guy the ball, and he's trying to make. No, plays. that's ten. That's. Who is ten? Well, is that Hugo? Tennis? I think that's Hugo. Tennis Corey. No, is, yeah, yeah. Tennis Corey Beck. I don't think Corey Beck was getting too much run in the no. playoffs. I'll double check. Mm. Oh, actually, Corey Beck did get some minutes in this game or in the series. Look at this. Look at this. Oh my God! You got to zoom out on that. Get the get it for all its glory. I mean, come on. Uh, Corey Beck did actually play four minutes, 30 seconds in this game. I look forward to that. Watch this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's unbelievable. Uh, BJ Armstrong actually gets 2740 in this game. That's more than Phil's or Wesley. So he was a primary guard in this game despite coming off the bench. Maybe feels a little more comfortable in the old United Center there. Actually, did he play in the United Center? I don't know. <laughs> you know, oh, guys, I just whoa, finished. Whoa, whoa, oh, huge physical yikes. play there. Who was <laughs> that? Was that Rodman? No, uh, I, think, I think it was Vladi and... Yeah, it was Rodman, Rodman gave oh, yeah. Rodman gave Vladi the business there. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Where's the call? So Bulls still up five here. Can't wait to see the two-minute report on that. Pippen on Dell. That's a toughie. That's a tough matchup for old DC. DC definitely the worst bald head look. The I worst. Think. The the absolute worst. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. Here we go. Oh Vladi. Oh no. Okay. I see why there was no call. <laughs> and then they helped him up. He likes he likes that. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a nice. Oh yeah. Frame little, on the booty. Just, you know, a little gamesmanship. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was a that was a handful from Vladi. Well, I think you that forget. was. I think that was Rodman essentially saying, ha ha, you didn't get the call, so I'll help you up. You forget what type of just a cultural phenomenon Rodman was. I mean, think about that, guys. He was 
you know, going to wrestling events, uh, skipping practice, uh, you know, signing up, going to book signings and dresses, dating my dot. Like he was everywhere before there was all this social media and obviously and stuff like that, but just such a BJ, you got to wait on that screen, guy. baby. You got a big body there in front of you. You just got to be patient. The Rodman 30 for 30 illustrated that. Yeah. yeah. That it illustrated how much of a celebrity he was. Oh man. It oh, was good, crazy. Good. Uh, hand reality off. shows before reality shows were a thing. Jordan mid range. You see that graph they released uh, of Jordan and yeah. his, his mid range prowess. He was better from the mid range than he was around the rim. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's MJ. Nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's where he really mastered that. It was basically a layup. Curry looks like Gerald Henderson mid-range. right now. He looks like... Um, I'm gonna Next time we get Dell on the show, we got to ask him about shaving his head and if he wanted to do it and if he felt Oof. like he looked good. Hell no. No way. <laughs> Geiger, the best bald head look, I think. Oh, yeah, you can rock it. What helps you? What helps you rock the bald head? That's a good question. Like, what helps you get away with it? And who allowed that? Well, my question is, who allowed Divock to have the the fuzz? Well, I mean, look, man, yeah. it, just, it just doesn't work for the white guys as much. It's just what it is, you know. It's just a tough. It's just a tough look. I think it's. I think it's head shape. If you got pointy head, you can't. Oh, yeah, that rock. too. It's, tough. Yeah. it's a tough beat. I got a lumpy head. I, I think I don't think I've I did shave my head one time in college as kind of a joke and um you know you were the joke. It was, was I was the funny? joke, yeah. I was everyone was laughing, so I assumed it was a joke. Uh, no, it was with you. <laughs> I've forgotten that the Bulls actually brought Kukoc in off the bench um in this team. And so you think about that. You start out with, with Harper Pippen, Jordan, and then you can even bring in Kukoc, another athletic guy who can get out on the wings, defend, and is long. Oh, I mean, so many just... bad shots by the Hornets in this end of this quarter here. Man, it really is fun to watch Mason run the offense, isn't it? I, that, it is. It's such a good passer. He, and Incredibly smart player. And, and I, I, don't, I don't know what people remember about Mason and what they don't, but, I mean, he was he just knew what to do with the basketball. Could pass it, could drive it, could shoot it. Yeah, did he, I don't want to say blossom, but was he more of the focus here than so in New York? I mean, because I think most people remember him as part of those Knicks teams. And here he was, like you said, actually running the team, running the offense out on the floor. So much more of a focal point. I think it's his only accolade. I think he got an all-star appearance with the Heat, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But it's his only all-NBA accolade is with the Hornets. Uh, Oh, almost picked the spot. Check me on that, but I think that's correct. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was Oakley and Mason, you know, it was, it was the tandem in New York that made them so popular. You know, if you didn't win the game, you'd win the fight. And it was because of those two guys being on the team. BJ is just out there annoying dudes right now. I feel like for the Hornets, he is playing the JJ Berea role of just (laughs) getting up in dude's shirts, running around the floor, taking dribble handoffs. Doesn't have the Berea shooting prowess. I think we have our first Steve Kerr sighting, if I'm not mistaken. Coming into the game yep, for Chicago, yep. unless I haven't noticed him. Game oh, two, next Lakers. Oh, boy. The graphics. Oh. Is there anything that hits the nostalgia more than the graphics they show during the game? Future, teammate, this, future teammates. 
Well, I'll tell you, game three was on, or I think it was game three, it was on NBC. And once that John Tesh goodness, you know, hits your eardrums and they bring in Costas, I mean, you talk about nostalgia. That'll get you chills bumps. All right, so Charlotte's got it down to six here. So it's manageable as they cruise towards the fourth quarter. So now you got BJ. I feel like BJ's made a difference in this here. game. I'm just going to say that. You got Geiger on the floor right now. Running a little motion. Yeah, who's seven? Who's five? Yeah, I don't, who are these people? <laughs> is that? Who the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know who these people are. Uh, five, I'm going to say. No, that's J.R. Reed. That's J.R. Reed. No, five is Donald Royal. J.R. Reed is number sure, seven. Sure. Yeah, but I think who's in there? Is that that's Reed bringing the ball in there, right? Yeah. So yeah, if if you were to say who am I thrown off the most by with a shaved head, you know, Del Curry probably looks the worst, but the J.R. Reed hair was excellent, and uh, for him to have a shaved head, that throws me off. And for what? I mean, for what, guys? Were they going to win the championship this year? No. (laughs) I mean, come on. A week later, you got to wake up and look at that chrome dome when you had that nice fade flat top. I mean, it's just, it's a shame. It's Royal in the it, charge call. Dave Cowens does not we, like it. We did a best hair episode on Lockdown Hornets, and JR, I, I hope, was among the top five. Who was that person? Five. Who'd you say that was, Doug? Donald, Donald Royal. Royal. I get you sure, some, you sure, want some sure. Donald Royal stats? Uh, only always. One charge. Boosh! <laughs> Uh, his nickname, according to basketball reference, is D-Rock. Small forward out of the out of Notre Dame. Uh, was born wow. in New Orleans, Louisiana. He played... That's a, that, that's a Hornets deep cut, Donald Royal. Played two seasons yeah. for the Hornets. 2.7 points per game. Uh, 54 games played. Seven games started in this season, 97-98. Uh, he was actually, huh, you know, interestingly, he played for Charlotte. <laughs> he played for Charlotte, one of three teams that he played for in 96, 97. But then I guess he left maybe and in, in free agency was released because he also played for Orlando before rejoining Charlotte and now playing in this playoff series. And this would be it for him. This playoff series was the last of his NBA career. Donald Royal. Now, if your name's Royal, don't you want your nickname to be Royale with cheese? Or no? Is that too much? Kansas City Royal. (laughs) Royals Roy. Royals Royce. Mm -hmm. So I just noticed, uh, and I've forgotten, that uh, Geiger has a barbed wire tattoo around his bicep, which is... One of the many great. I think the only. I think. I I think he shaved his head, then got that because you have to have the barbed wire tattoo. (laughs) When does it? Yeah, it automatically makes. It automatically makes you look better, right? (laughs) It's. It's. I think he's like, listen, I gotta draw some attention away from this head. By the way, I think we missed a graphic. Uh, Did Michael Jordan score zero points in that third quarter? Scoreless in the third, and and Glenn Rice went for ten. Yeah. Clear who the documentary should be about. <laughs> the last dance, game two. So you'll, so you'll notice Scott Burrell into the game for the Bulls. Doug, we had uh, highlighted Burrell a little bit in our last rewatch. Of course, he started off in Charlotte and then transitioned to Chicago. And I, I mentioned last time, MJ really gave him a hard time, tried to bring him along, you know, with that uh, scolding 
uh, mentality uh, up there in Chicago. And in these playoffs, he did kind of blossom and, and go into form. But I don't think he ever quite got on the same page as MJ. Never really enjoyed that type of, of leadership and just kind of, at the end, I think kind of brushed him off. But uh, made it work up there in Chicago and, you know, got a ring out of it. Brilliant. Donald Royal with a bucket, by the way. Also, if you were watching Highly Questionable, that has turned into Highly Quarantine. Pablo was showing off that he had seen all of the episodes, the seven episodes. And he mentions how bad he feels for Scotty Burrell because of an yeah. incident that happens in episode seven. So we are going to see that in the last day. Look forward to that. Yeah, Burrell uh, yeah. was two of six in this game, five points. Yeah, I think Burrell tried his best, you know, to go mano a mano with MJ, and that can have disastrous results. And I think for him, <laughs> it was just a, a case that he couldn't quite, you know, earn the trust early on. Uh, like I said, I think towards the end, MJ at least tried to say, hey, this is what I've been giving you all this stuff for. This is why I've been so hard on you. But I think by that time, Burrell was just like, mm, F you. David, <laughs> let's go back to J.R. Reed for a moment. What do you let's, remember yeah. about the acquisition of, of J.R. Reed uh, by the Charlotte Hornets and, and the expectations around that? Of course, the UNC product, so there was a lot of, I'm yep. sure there was a lot of hype at the time. Like, what do you remember about J.R. Reed? And, and I mean, it ultimately, it was kind of a disappointment, right? Oh, yeah, a lot of hype around the draft pick initially. I mean, I, was, of course, was a huge J.R. Reed fan, was super excited for him to be coming to Charlotte. And I remember the time one of my coaches was like, that's just bad. That's bad news for him to go to Charlotte, stay in the state so close to Carolina. And certainly I would say his second run here was probably better. At least, you know, he was a much better player, obviously, then, but had a little more success. And I think the hype may have been just a little too much for him the first go round with the Hornets. Of course, they were a much better team as well. Uh, so that may have had something to do with it. But I remember the time, I believe he exited the second time via trade JRE did, and it was a little bit of a shame because he was playing so well at the time. You know what's odd, and, and I don't know if this is really that odd, or or if it's any reflection on the, the management at the time, but there are several notable Hornets that would leave the organization and then return. You had J.R. Reed, you had uh, Kendall Gill would, would leave and come back. Uh, I mentioned uh, Royal there, a reacquisition. Uh, it's just interesting uh, that you'd have certain players leave the organization. Too. I just feel like that doesn't happen very often. Bismack beyond. Yeah, there's an example. There's a modern example of, but he didn't. And I don't know if, it, well, I don't know if Kendall willingly. Re- I think Kendall did willingly return, or was he traded? I'm not sure. <laughs> But Biz, yeah, that's a great example. Biz McBiombo, a reacquisition. Out of need for the organization. Man, they needed they to give they needed this, to do something this, with Dwight Howard. I was gonna there say are, yeah. there are a lot of bricks going up in this game. Uh yes. Uh I listen, we had to choose a game where the Hornets won. I felt like I I owed that <laughs> to the audience of the Charlotte Hornets of the Locked On Hornets no, no. podcast. Uh, it's Absolutely. definitely not the prettiest game. The Bulls would, in game three, they would score over 100 points. I think the only team to score over 100 in this series. Yeah, one thing I've seen from Anthony Mason, he took it to Dennis Rodman a couple of times and probably one of the few dudes that can physically go toe-to-toe with Dennis. You know, pl- plus a lower base, so he's got the leverage. Yeah. And how about that? Like, I mean, it's a great play by Scotty just to, I mean, it's a foul, 
but just manhandling Scotty and I mean, pinning look him. Look at that basket. dude. I mean, he. You were saying he's skinny. I mean, that dude, I don't look. I don't see skinny there. I mean, that dude's yeah, so amazing. Skinnier than I thought. I let's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I said ever. Anthony. I mean, Mason he's was definitely skinny. skinnier than a Mack truck, but not by much. Well, that's the thing. The you're not moving Mason, and you're not getting around him. Uh, you know, oh, what look mean? at the so free. <laughs> the free I, that's the first shot. time I just saw the free throw zoom down. You just oh, yeah, saw maybe. that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's like a knuckleball. So what's the score here? The Bulls are up four. I have no idea. This is a 90s basketball game. No one knows <laughs> what the score is. They flash it once every seven minutes. It's the most annoying thing. And of course, guys, we are watching this because of the last dance coming up. And this was the last go around for those Bulls teams, which is just if you think about it, and I'm sure we'll see some of this highlighted in this docu-series, but think about that. Think about this run this team was on. Think about the iconic figures in the game of basketball they had, and they just could not get on the same page with management and make it work. It's really just insane to think about. It's that's not, you talk about things not talked about. That's it, right? Like it's, it's not it. People love to talk about the time that Jordan left and yeah, it's, it deserves a lot of attention. (laughs) How good would Chicago have been had they just stayed a couple more years together? And, you know, Michael, right? Like, Michael's not going to play for anybody but Phil Jackson, and then they just blow it up. Scotty goes to Portland. Oh, great steal. Oh, Curry, too. Not known for his defense. Oh, huge play by Curry. If you were watching this game, an alien coming down to earth and watching this game, this was the first basketball game you've ever seen. You would not know that Michael Jordan was not only not the great, uh, was the greatest basketball player, but you wouldn't know that he was any good. <laughs> that's well, inter- just that's, his walk. That's just interesting. His that, He's got something. That's interesting <laughs> that Curry gets the steal, not known for his defense. And then Steve Kerr, also not really known for his defense, hustling down there. This is a playoffs, baby. Everybody plays defense. Everybody runs hard. Except for Luke Longley. Longley. He's <laughs> a lollygagger. There are stories, the Scotty Burrell type stories with Longley too, right? Like, did it, it is, isn't that one of the worst ones where he would just well, wall at Longley or is that? Just yeah, I think Longley was quicker to just say F you um, and, you know, not really pay too much attention to MJ. And, and for the most part, I think Longley, you know, did his job. But uh, Burrell was counting on a little bit more or at least, you know, MJ was trying to mold him into kind of that guy who would hit a clutch jumper or be somebody that could go to maybe late in the game situation. Well, Jordan, and, uh, wasn't Jordan really hyper focused on on the big men? Like in terms of you know his requests for players to be brought in or, or shipped out, like I feel like he well, had just a focus on on the the big men down uh, down low. So yeah, I, I think Michael Jordan once said that the center was the most important position on the basketball court, and I also think that that he was a little worried about Hakeem. You know that if if or at least talking about it in hindsight, talking about. Hakeem would have had his way with anybody like he did with anybody in the league, but certainly any big man on the bowls in those two years that the Rockets made the finals. Brutal misses. Longley Longley is Longley is huge. I mean, he's a big guy. So he just takes up a lot of space in there. And of course, with the triangle offense, I mean, everybody's job is important. Everybody touches the ball, but, uh, you know, running that triple post, the big guys got to be able to recognize things as well. And I think that was a big part of it. Just give him a little D- bit of space. C, four, three. 
J.R. Reed. J.R. Reed looks I, I the think, worst. Well, I think he knows it, and that's why he has the towel on his head. He's uh-huh. like, this was a mistake. It, very self-aware. Oh, Curry see. comes out of the Ooh. break with another three. The Hornets are in the lead. Oh, oh Geiger with the push. <laughs> with the LeBron move? Did LeBron wow. for Matt Geiger? Whoa, LeBron stole his signature move. Mark it down here. Locked on Hornets live. Matt Geiger came up with LeBron. Didn't you guys? Move. Didn't you guys try and call Geiger's restaurant or something like a couple years ago? <laughs> yeah, busy signal. That's about. That's back when restaurants were occupied. Mm, now we can just call restaurants. All right, we're hitting jumpers. That was, B, that was BJ. Here. Yeah. Oh, he's he's amped after that. So wait, too. Armstrong is ten. Yeah. He okay. looks ten. Yes, he he's wear he wears ten, and he also has uh, he always looked ten years old. I think in basketball. So Mason really everybody. Mason really bothering MJ, and uh, the Bulls down three here, looking for something. <laughs> and Armstrong just runs into a wall. It looks like Luke Longley. Oh yeah. Oh. No, very excited too. Very pumped up. Yeah, BJ's ten. Vernon Maxwell wore eleven for the Hornets. Uh, some other, a, so you want some other Hornets random names from 97, 98? They didn't necessarily always, play in this game, always, but I'll give you some names. Uh, also <laughs> also playing minutes for the Charlotte Hornets in 1997-98, Jeff Graver from Iowa State, wow. his ninth year in the league, 6'5 shooting guard. Uh, Travis Williams, 6'6 small forward out of South Carolina State University uh, in his rookie campaign. And finally, also in his rookie campaign, center Michael McDonald out of Utah Valley State College, comma, New Orleans. <laughs> wow. Michael McDonald. Is this so, now? Yeah, a lot of times I was going to say when MJ starts struggling with that jumper, he forces things to the basket to try and get fouled and get to the line, both of which he did there but did miss the free throw. Michael McDonald's career numbers. One season played in the NBA for the Charlotte Hornets. One game played, four minutes, zero points, one personal foul. Somehow, I kid you not, gentlemen, he played four minutes in his NBA career. That's it. And he had two turnovers. (laughs) How is that possible? So it didn't work out for him. (laughs) Short leash for old Michael McDonald. The last turnover. That's incredible. How about the Hornets making their shots here in this one? I mean, Bulls just go cold, and Hornets, they go hot and hitting everything from outside. I know that went too far, but still a little bit of a jumper. Dave Cowens, of course, a lot of of success as Hornets head coach, but his run would end very weirdly, poorly. Uh, they would end up parting ways with him in the middle of the next season. I've forgotten how much Phil Jackson just sat on the bench with his legs crossed. I mean, even in this, I mean, oh. it was just like a two. Oh, there you go. That's that's an MJ trip right there. But Cowens is up screaming, and, and Phil is just very zen-like. All right, here we go. Three-point lead, winner. 353 remaining. Again, we're going yeah. to the Mace back down. Oh, yeah, it, I, you know, it's different mm. than, you know, it, it's different than the other, uh, 
the other offenses. We, we like to give it to somebody rather large that can dribble. Mash or LJ. Like, yep. And then we yep. like to back it down all the way to the basket. The difference is uh, Mason was willing to pass and would find the open man. LJ was going to take the shot. That was the Mash was going to take the shot. You didn't. Yeah, that's what you paid Mash to do. Mm -hmm. You paid Mash to Mash. And Mason's just not going to let Jordan get the ball there, forcing a pippin jumper, which he misses. Ooh, Vladdy with that baseball pass. Man. I, I like oh, my one Beautiful pass. move. Oh, almost goes in. Oh. Wow. So that's my, the rev. We get a revelation in each of these games. We get, we find out something that we didn't know. BJ Armstrong, pretty critical to the Charlotte Hornets in this game. Very. And maybe this series. I'm going I'm to look up the stats for the Hawks series. There's a special with Michael Jordan, and I, it was a long time ago. I watched this at some basketball camp where they just kind of go through the playoff runs. That is the aura of Michael Jordan and this this great run. And they they highlight B.J. Armstrong's performance and, you know, the former bowl that he would battle. And B.J. Armstrong actually took it to him in game two. Of course, the Hornets would lose every other game. But I remember this being mentioned in uh, a previous quote unquote documentary or just kind of a, a highlight of the playoff runs that Jordan. So uh, BJ Armstrong didn't get many minutes in that first round series against the Hawks and didn't play well in the minutes that he had. So this was a, a bit of a revelation for the Hornets in real time. Jordan one-on-one -on -one versus Curry. That's yeah. Barbecue chicken, as Shaq would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael got mad and decided. No, that. Yep, now he's trying. Now, to okay, it. BJ's playing a little too well. Not anymore. Nope, yep. Now they got Jordan on BJ. Jordan knows all about BJ. Divac, oh, double teams come over the top there. Nice defensive move by Pippen. Gets the booty slap by Luke. Yeah, if you're if you're a Hornets fan watching live now, you're scared because now Michael's angry, Scottie Pippen's angry. He comes over from nowhere and blocks it from behind. Now, yeah. now you're scared. Oh, we've seen this story too many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Six wow, in the last two thirteen, he was points. coming on. I would like. To, I would like to know how long of a scoring drought that was compared to every Ooh, other scoring drought he ever had. Huge shot, shot by that, Curry. That, that I mean, shot. that could be number one, right? A playoff scoring drought for Michael. Do you think there was another scoring drought he ever had that lasted more than 17 minutes? Would like to look that up. Ooh. Get our research team on it, Doug. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get David a cup of coffee. It's been a long. <laughs> it's been a long quarantine, guys. <laughs> we're all, dude. We're all feeling it. We're all feeling. I'm, I do. I do this at least once a day. Just. Stretch out the eye. Oh, See, yeah. I don't stretch my legs anymore. I just stretch my mm -hmm. eye holes like this. Is this weird looking to you guys? <laughs> no, I want you to keep doing it. <laughs> MJ going to the basket, getting the foul. Up five with 226 left in the fourth here, Doug. Um, Got to be feeling pretty good, but you're also very nervous because, like you guys well, said, you're in you, Chicago. You if you get this MJ's one, the thing on. is, if you win this one, you're stealing it. I mean, you're in Chicago. You're supposed to lose two to the champs. Not a vintage Jordan game here, uh, to your point, Walker. Just that's his 21st point there on 19 field goal attempts. I love these graphics. Oh, they're the greatest. Red, purple. Hey, how about the three-game sweep? How about the five-game first-round series, guys? 
I want to see basketball again. We may see that again. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, a, I want it back, and we may get it back if we go to these. If we get some playoff action, they may have to just out of necessity have to shorten. We may get three game series. By the way, uh, how about the camaraderie between Vlade and Dennis Rodman? We've seen a couple of exchanges between them. That's been a lot fun. of respect. A lot of respect. Divac was a physical guy. I mean, he was a player, I think, too, that had a little bit of a reputation that he would he would drop you. Definitely not a finesse. Here we center. go. Oh, look at the triangle. Yeah, Jordan just couldn't buy one in this game. No. Had the shots, though. Curry, he's feeling it. He's had a great second half. You heard that. The bench has been the hero for Charlotte. Yeah. Huge bench performances from Curry and B.J. Armstrong. Well, we had we had back-to-back buckets from Donald Royal and J.R. Reed. You know, oh. that's, that'll help you. I tell you, Man, Mason. Rodman just pulled the chair on, on, on Mace there. Is that Randy Brown? Oh. That sounds like something you'd hear at a high school reunion. Is that Randy Brown? <laughs> It's Randy. What's he up to? Hey, Randy. <laughs> That's part, part of this process. Oh, no. Randy did not want that shot. <laughs> part of this whole process and rewatching these games is just basically you know, trying to find the random basketball players and yelling their name. Oh, listen. And I, I love Matt Geiger and J.R. Reed as the Hornets hype men right now. I mean, they are off the bench and they they just look it. like heroes. Well, so does LeBron. He at Geiger's move. And he's stealing him. He's stealing his move, man. Geiger should have copyrighted that. Oh, man, you got to have that one. You got to have that one, Vladdy. Vladdy Daddy. We won. That is Randy Brown. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Getting tangled like up it. again. He's, these two. Look, 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 look at that. Look two. at that. Look at that leg clamp. Oh, oh. You saw, you saw, you saw Vladdy try to get a little sweep the leg there at the very end. <laughs> Love it, man. I do too. I mean, I, I like. Oh my goodness, I like the gamesmanship. You know, uh, there was not as much talking. Obviously, there there was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to try and do, get an advantage. This is what you're going to try and do, and then we'll run back down the court and do it all over again. You know, it was just part of the game that went on, but it didn't take away from the rest of the game. I don't miss how brutal and physical these games were because it led to lower scoring and and I think less exciting basketball ultimately. But I, I am with you. I miss those. It's just, you're not going to get those same kind of intense tussles, um, you know, away from the basketball like you had there with Vladi and uh, and Dennis. I do miss that. That's insane. This graphic, that's yeah. insane. The 23, 23 points, points by the bench. Trying yeah, to put Mike. this thing away here. Whew. Oh, my God. It's just you're – you can't watching Michael can't go anywhere. Yeah. Guard BJ, you're you're sweating like hell if you're a Hornets fan watching this live. It's or a, if you're okay. BJ. Look at look at Michael. I just yeah. We're gonna lose. You this. Were, yeah. <laughs> Hornets up three, right less Mason. than forty seconds. Mason or excuse me, Glenn I mean, Rice forces one up. Oh, huge rebound because that possession was going absolutely nowhere. That's right. That's probably it. And BJ finally gets free off a great screen. Great oh, screen man. by Vladi. Screams and screams. 
screams at the Bulls bench. Armstrong. I mean, he finally got free of Jordan because of a great screen by Vladi. I wish I could roll it back, but then we'd be out of sync. But, oh, and then J.R. Reed just ecstatic. They're about to steal one in Chicago. Hornets up five, 17.8 to go. Jordan one-on-one versus Mason. Oh, drops it down to Luke. Who puts it on? Yeah, see? Do your job. Do your job, Luke. Kukoc also in the game. They can't. He ended up out. There you go. And they allow it to get to Glenn Rice, not the yeah. guy you want shooting, and that's the game. Phil doesn't look worried, but <laughs> I mean they don't. Some teachable moments, I guess. Lakers Sonics game two next on TNT. Kobe Bryant out with the flu. Wow, nice pick. Two up. very relevant storylines to twenty twenty. That's a nice head of hair right there. I don't know who that guy They're was. They're at a premium probably. right now in this broadcast. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. It's just disappointing. It's just not. You've got to get Dell on the show and talk about it. No close up. What's funny is we just did a show and we talked about Space Jam, and there was a great story where uh, LJ got a bad haircut before his scene was supposed to be shot. Michael to Ku coach for three and hits the no. hits the three when it doesn't matter. How did LJ get a bad haircut? Was the like the part not in the middle or the, was uh, well, was the fade wasn't? Well, I think it what? was. I'm gonna pause this game. I think it was. Look the, at that hair. Whoo! Oh yes, this right here. <laughs> oh, yeah, let, hold on. Let's. And I believe, and I believe that's a. Is that a is that a Jerry curl? I don't know. So the the LJ uh, bowl cut story is that he's in his trailer and he wants to get a haircut. And I guess they were out in L.A. And so LJ was just calling on someone to to help him get a haircut. And the guy comes in and cuts his hair in a bowl cut. And he's like, I'm not coming out of my trailer. I'm not doing the scene until I get an actual um, haircut. I don't blame him. And, they, and then Muggsy said that uh, they all went into the trailer, including Michael Jordan, and laughed at him and, and joked about it. <laughs> and then they That's had a great story. They had to sit around and play cards until they could find another barber that could cut LJ's hair uh, before he went on camera. Yeah, they said it was like four hours. It was, it four was hours. a long time. Man. Well, you have to. You can't go. I mean, what if you'd gotten a bad haircut and, and you know, he's in Space Jam forever with a bad no, haircut? I mean, good call. Cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't have the bowl cut, rock that. So again, the Hornets wow. win this one, seventy-eight to seventy-six. They take Game Two, uh, and they would go back to Charlotte. Unfortunately, uh, they would lose Game Three, one hundred three to eighty-nine. I mean, they got smacked in the mouth in Game Three. Uh, Jordan, let me see what Jordan had in that uh, game. Yeah, if 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 you want to see a more of a vintage Jordan type performance, go pull up that game because he had some highlights in that that were just you know, out of textbook Jordan revenge game stuff. I mean, he was not going to lose that game. Of course, back then, all the hype was made about him returning to North Carolina, you know, with his college roots and stuff like that. But he was just really special in that game. And it took 20 shots. Uh, that would be d- more than double of anyone else on the team. Uh, Scottie Pippen uh, took nine shots in that game. But he had 27.6 assists, five rebounds, was nine of 10 from the free throw line in game three. Uh, on the Hornets' side, Mason dropped in 16. Divock dropped in 13. Glenn Rice did have 31. He was 13 of 26, took more shots than Jordan in that game three. 
but you didn't get the strong bench performances in Game 3. You got 25 combined from Dell and BJ in Game 2. That helped them win the game. In this one, uh, BJ, JR, and Dell combine all three for four points. Dell was 0 for 3 in this game. Uh, in game all four three. came from JR? Uh, no, uh, two points from BJ, who was one of seven, and two <laughs> points from JR, who was one of four. They just could not get anything going off the bench. And they lose that one, 103-89. Uh, then game four also goes to Chicago, 94-80. to And then uh, Chicago would wrap things up in Chicago in game five, and that would be the series. Uh, but for one brief moment, it looked like Charlotte might at least give Chicago a run for it. Yeah. <clears throat> if we're to go with main takeaways from these games, um, you know, this one to me, I really, really enjoyed watching Anthony Mason. And I came in with the expectation. Expectation, I believe the word uh, uh, that Walker was going for there before he froze up. <laughs> Did my internet get the best of me? Can you hear me now? We can. Okay, good. Yes, I think you were right. You're doing an excellent job of guessing um, some of the things that are not coming through. Yes, the expectation for me was what I wanted to see was Glenn Rice coming in and what I left with and immediately realized Anthony Mason, that was the guy that was fun to watch yeah. running the offense through him. And even if it's not as pretty with him backing it down and then passing out of the post, uh, it, it's better than the backing the down, backing it down and then just shooting layups, no matter what, trying to draw the foul. And he's such a good passer, such a smart basketball player, strong going up against some pretty strong dudes on the other end as well. I, I enjoyed watching it. Well, I think it's interesting to watch what a top 10 offense in this particular NBA looked like. It looked like a team that was physical inside, good screening team, Charlotte was. Uh, Divac kind of all over the place, cleaning up and setting good screens. And uh, then it, you had a lot of drive, and then you had two, two guys that could shoot. If you had two guys that could shoot, and they did in Del Curry and Glenn Rice, then then you had a little bit of an offensive punch and that's what the hornets had they just you know ultimately didn't have enough uh to fend off the chicago bulls uh david final thoughts on on this one as we as we uh, prepare for sunday's premiere of the last dance where actually let me ask you this were you secretly cheering for michael jordan you can admit it. You yeah, can admit it. I mean, I was, oh, yeah, I, didn't, I was, well, I mean, don't make fan. it so easy. Um, don't make it so easy. You're like, of course <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, I mean, I was a bulls fan, uh, before the Hornets were here, of course. But, um, and then I continue to follow MJ and, uh, and particularly in this last run, Doug, to answer your question, honestly, I mean, I was pretty much all in. I do remember, you know, it's weird. You're cheering for the Hornets, of course, but, you know, I, I didn't really want it. I, I didn't want them to give too much of a run to MJ and the Bulls just because I was cheering for this last dance to go off, you know, without a hitch for him. So that You're was traitor. it was kind of weird looking back on that. Now, who did the Bull did the Bulls play Walker, your Pacers in the next round? Is that what happened yeah. in 98? Yeah. Well, and, and they damn near lost. This yep. is uh, this is the one where the Pacers were extremely close to beating the Chicago Bulls and, and Michael. And that, that was the harder series for them than the Utah Jazz series. Yeah, that oh, was, yeah. It, was, it was the Pacers that almost got to the NBA Finals. And I forget what happens, David. Maybe you can remember better than I can. But, um, I mean, was it Michael's heroics in a Game 7 late? Or, you know, or, or did something else happen? I, I just know it was about as close as you possibly could get. The Pacers had them beat. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think back what happened. I mean, of course, that's the famous, you know, Reggie Miller push off coming around the screen, um, you know, to, for the for the winning bucket there. I can't remember. I, I want to say like it was a, it was a collective effort that got them out of that series. Talking about the Bulls, um, we're gonna sure find MJ out in a couple days. Moments. Yeah, we're gonna get a full look at it on the last dance. Uh, one quick question to you, David: When the Hornets left Charlotte. I don't think I've ever talked to you about how you felt or what was going through your mind at that time. We didn't really, we didn't really dig into that. Um, so you can give me a little bit of that. And then did you return to being a Bulls fan or did you find another team? Like what did you do in the, what, two seasons in between the Hornets leaving and the Bobcats becoming an NBA franchise? Yeah, when the Hornets left, it was such a weird feeling. It was like watching um, – it was weird. It was like your 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 girlfriend or your wife left town because the Hornets were still there. They were still the Hornets, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but they weren't in Charlotte. And so I tried my hardest to cheer for that same group. Wow. Um, and I tried my hardest to cheer for them, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to go uh, in on the new Hornets. And then with MJ out of the league, you know, the Bulls didn't really have that same sparkle, Doug. It wasn't as much fun to cheer for them at that time. Uh, so I got involved in a lot of the young guys coming in like Vince and Iverson and and got in with with those guys until the Hornets or the Bobcats came back, I guess. They had a uh, young uh, Jamal Crawford and Eddie Curry. That was your yeah. first. That was and your Tyson first. Chandler. And Tyson, Tyson Chandler, Chandler, that's right. Yeah, they, you talk about the power forwards and they got Marcus Pfizer. They just wanted all the big guys. That's they, they, they were the New York Knicks of, yeah. of their day, just collecting power forwards. Like it's a card game. Um, yeah. And I'm, what I'm sure will come up in this docuseries is Jerry Krause insistent that he could, you know, build up another perennial winner. Um, and as oops, as, as of yet has not worked out. I uh, know it hasn't. Um, yeah. I didn't even try with the New Orleans Hornets. I was so, Heartbroken. It was, it was devastating. Yeah, it was I just stopped watching NBA basketball. By then I had, so I started by being a Hornets fan and not really a sports fan as I watched the Hornets and then, and then we got the Panthers in the NFL. I became a sports fan. I started following football a lot more. Um, and so that's, I just left basketball for a few years until the Bobcats came back and uh, started to love again, but really interesting stuff. Uh, thanks for uh, to both of you, David Walker, Walker Mail, for joining me on Locked On Hornets Live. We'll do this again next Friday, uh, David. We haven't told you yet. We have a special guest for next week, John Fokey, radio voice, yeah, of the Charlotte <laughs> Hornets. I don't know what game we're watching yet. Maybe we pick. <laughs> I don't know how he'll feel Is about there it. classic T Wolves. Is that the one? Well, see, I couldn't find any Hornets classic Wolves games. They're, they don't really exist, yeah. those two things. But we could watch a game maybe from this season. Um, the, you know, I don't know. Well, they got destroyed early in the early part of the season. The, they played against Minnesota and Minnesota. I don't care about Minnesota. We pick a, no, we pick an exciting game yeah. that the Hornets won. Maybe oh, I thought that you were saying Minnesota. Cat had a big game. That I was at that game. And no, no, we pick, a, we pick the Pacers win. We pick the Knicks buzzer beater win. Like we pick one of those exciting wins and then John can kind of take us through his thoughts while. That'd be good. Yeah. We'll just like, we'll say, don't worry, John, there are no copyright issues. It's totally fine. <laughs> um cool well thanks for joining us here on this edition of locked on hornets live uh you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify wherever you get your podcast and we'll be back on monday next week we're actually doing 
profiles on the greatest moments from this season. So we'll be going over a lot of those buzzer beaters and Devontae Graham amazing games and Terry Rozier amazing games and P.J. Washington amazing games. Uh, So stay tuned next week for that. Plus, our greatest Hornets moments bracket continues. Our final first-round region, Region 4, is next week. And so we'll get the votes on Region 3 and then introduce you to Region 4. For David Walker and Walker Mail, I'm Doug Branson saying, Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm. Sharp. Bye-bye.